BeMoreChristlike.com and click on the little YouTube thing. We might be live. We might be, but we don't know. <laughs> it's a tester. Jimbo it's a, will it, tell it, you it, if well, you're Jimbo, live. No, I don't think Jimbo is watching, oh, okay. uh, watching it right now, but we're looking. Uh, we're looking to see if uh, if we're live. I see a picture. So we're going uh, across. It's a little webcam that we have. You can you can get a shot into uh, into the studio of what we're doing and I don't know, see us yeah. doing our thing. I don't, <laughs> it's, it's just a practice. And I, I have to say this. I want to put this out right at the very beginning. Um, I'm Derek. It's Dawn. Jimbo's in the producer's booth. Um, and, and and on live on YouTube, you'll be able to hear him. Uh, oh, that's You'll be cool. able to hear him give. So if you want a behind he keeps the, us in line. If you want a behind-the-scenes uh, type of look of what goes on, there's a big delay there's a delay, so if you're trying to listen to Blog Talk Radio and watch YouTube at the same time, it's going to mess it up because there's a big delay on it. So check it out. Go to bemorechristlike.com. I will have to say this at the very beginning. Uh, I want to make sure that we that we plug this tomorrow, uh, starting at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, a live three-hour show uh, for Solo and Hutch. Wow, and it's on. It is on. The, it, they are live on location. We're going to be at Lahana High School wow. doing the Tiger Talker Invitational Forensics Meet. So cool. it's it's fun. If if you're a forensics buff and you used to be in forensics, it's going to be neat. We're going to have coaches on. We're going to be talking about forensics. We're going to be pulling in a lot of the competitors. So a lot of high school students are going to be coming in, talking on the radio. Then after the show is over, uh, we're going to live stream the award ceremony. Oh, wow. One of the reasons we do that is because Solo and Hutch, they're in forensics, so so they they won't be on all the time. My, me and my co-host, uh, Kelly Jo Smith, who is the uh, an English teacher, but the drama uh, oh. teacher, she's the one who directs all of the, the plays. There she's got the school. insight there good. Then, yes, the kids, and too. a former... Uh, big, big time uh, forensics individual, cool. yes, uh, like major major points. So wow. it's going to be fun, and one of the reasons we do that is because we know Christine and I know as forensics parents, you never see your kid on Saturday because well, if they have a meet, they leave at five o'clock in the morning, they come back at ten thirty at night. You ask them how it went, good. You'll text them and say, yeah, I'm done with round one. I'm done with. I broke finals. Uh, I made it. Uh, Jacob and Jeremy went to Lamar. No, Lyman. Lyman. Uh, last Friday. Friday, because that's when the weather was bad. Was bad, and uh, that's right because we did our show. That's yes. right. 
and they won. Yes. And then the next day, they or that night, they went to Colorado Springs and spent the night because they had a meet in Widefield, at oh Widefield High School, uh, and they won. Really? Yeah, they won. So two, uh, they're on a two, actually, actually, every time I believe that they've gone so far, they've won every wow, time. Wow, that all ones Or... Or were awarded all ones. Sometimes they go to a meet and and they don't have an awards final because it's different. But they got all one. So so far, they've won every time. That is fantastic. The Tiger Talker Invitational is the one. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> the one meet. Um, at home, here in La Junta, it's the only one they have. And so it's fun to do that. And we know as parents, it. It's neat, then, if you can get on the Internet and watch the awards final. Well, absolutely, and so many parents can't go to this because they're working and busy and whatever. Well, there's schools from all over the place. I think they have between 12 and 15 schools. Uh, If you go to SolomonHutch.com, you'll find everything. You'll find a place to watch it. You'll find the the live YouTube feed that's going to be on there. Uh, Also, if you go to Solomon Hutch's Facebook um, you will see a uh, an interview with uh, that I did with Joe Trainer, who is the forensics coach. Oh wow! About forensics, so we're building up to that. It's an important thing in Solomon Hutch's life, and so uh, we take time out uh, when they do the Tiger Talker. So that's tomorrow, starting at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Uh, check it out here on Blog Talk Radio. We want to um, check that. It's gonna it's gonna be fun. It's gonna run for three hours. That's a long day for them. I don't know how they do that and then go oh. stay somewhere and then do it again the next day. They'll be there at Woo. 7.30 and probably not be done until 7 o'clock. We did it last year. Wow. It was fun. Um, so check that out. Again, you can go to SolomonHutch.com, S-A-L-O-A-N-D-H-U-T-C-H.com. You'll find out uh, all kinds of things and, and places to click for the show tomorrow, <laughs> the live blog talk, the live YouTube, uh, the award ceremony. Everything's there. Absolutely. Everything's there. To find out more about us, you can go to bemorechristlike.com. And when you go there this time, there'll be a YouTube thing. And maybe we're on, maybe we're not. We're just running it to see see if we're there. Uh, If it it goes off, we're sorry. Uh, We'll learn from that mistake (laughs) because it's new for us. YouTube Live, YouTube is is uh, different for us. Again, it's just a webcam that's in our studio, and you'll be able to watch us and hear Jimbo and know when we go to break and watch <laughs> us walk around. So if that's something you're interested in, go to uh, bemorechristlike.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at Becoming Christlike. Yes. And on Twitter at Christlike Today. Correct. Man, check that out. All kinds of stuff going on. Social networking is just popping that. Uh, yesterday... Yeah, lost the yeah, that, that's been happening. Oh, okay. it, it, it's okay. You can still hear us, though, Jimbo, oh, right? Yeah, on. we're still good. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's a little thing that we've got in our ears. Uh-huh. So just if it bothers you, pull your ear mic out. Okay. So uh, I'm going to leave mine in, so hopefully we'll be able to hear uh, Jimbo. So anyhow, um, uh, Jimbo, say something to me because, I, okay, I can hear myself now. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. If I can't, okay. If I can't hear you, I'll uh, because uh, I'll point to you or something like that. If you if you tell me go to go to break and I'm not paying attention to you, do that. So here's the scary thing. You talk about needing prayer, okay? Okay. But be, and everybody's going to think 
everybody's going to everybody's going to uh think this is crazy. You're like, "Come on, man, it can't be that bad." But I tell you it is. Because of the Solomon Hutch show, uh-huh. I have to rip down the studio. Oh yes. Yeah. It's that bad. Believe me, getting it set back up is that bad. So today I'll, I'll rip down uh the studio and and we'll see what's and it, relocate and, it and get it, and it set up. That is horrible. Yes, it that is that is horrible. Making so, sure everything works. Yes. Oh. And so we'll rip it down and we'll we'll pull it back up. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Do I have voice now? Do you have voice? Am I? Can you hear me, Jimbo? Can't hear. I can hear myself. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah. I, can you hear me, Jimbo? No, he didn't. Huh? Huh? All right. Let me let me check out something here real quick. We're going to do a little in-house. Uh, okay, I'm still recording. I have no idea. I'm, telling, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take down. Uh, I'm going to stop the broadcast on that, and we're going to see if that has anything to do to do with it. To do with it. So we'll get rid of that. And can you hear me now, Jimbo? He looked away. I don't think he can. My mics are coming through on Audacity, which means I'm going through on, and we're going through. It's cutting in and out. Okay, so what I did was, Jimbo, I to, oh, there we go. Now it's big. Yeah. Yeah. You can hear me now, can't you? <laughs> okay, so what I did was, uh, again, that was that was what we were doing to uh, to find out. We shut down the we shut down the YouTube. So, lesson learned. Okay. We'll figure that out and and go. So we'll see if if that makes a difference. Now we're huge on audacity, but we sound okay, though, right, Jimbo? Okay, I can't hear. I can't hear you. Uh, did you? T- okay, good. Sounded good when we were on. So we'll figure that out. Anyway, fun stuff um, here, and and we'll keep recording on that. Anyway, I've got to tear down the studio, and and just like you saw, uh, one little tiny cord that can be messed up can man, it can blow it. How long does it take you? And do you have any help? No, I don't have any help. See, I, I, I went out again. That, but can you hear me? Yeah. See, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. We're having a little bit of trouble. Anyway, we're get, yeah, we're going to keep going because <clears throat> I can see myself being recorded on, on uh, my video, and I can see myself being recorded. Uh, hey, do me a favor, Jimbo. This would be fun. Have uh, have Mom bring us up on Blog Talk Radio, and, and we'll find out what, what we do from there. So, uh, this morning I told you that I heard a little bit of a, a hum or something like that, so maybe it's that. I don't know. Anyway, it takes about, um, oh, golly, it takes two or three hours to tear it down. It takes probably three hours to set it up. Well, oh, wow. actually, to tear it down into pieces doesn't take that long. Set it, it back, set it back up, making sure everything works. Yeah, because I guarantee you, just like just like right now, we're having trouble with with a with a microphone going in and out, or something's going in and out, and then you got to trace it. You Nick Jacob can help you. He can't because he's got to do the forensics. <laughs> he's practicing elsewhere. Yeah. Son-in-law, where are you? Yeah, no kidding. Well, he's judging. <laughs> Christine, why he's helping me? Yes, but, there you go. But it's Stephanie. 
judging. <laughs> now, it's not fair to have a husband and wife judge brother. She, they, can't, they, can't, they can't judge Jacob. I was going to say, I don't they think can't that's judge. very good. So anyway, if you listen to Blog Talk Radio and we skip out every once in a while, we'll probably come back. Uh, we don't know. We'll see. Um, but I can guarantee you that um, in the, the archive of the show, there won't be any of that. Okay. We, we get to go back in and, and change everything. So... Uh, with that, we've got a lot of things going on, uh, new things that are happening, so every once in a while we get, we get a few glitches. But here's the thing. I can hear you, and you can hear me. That's right. <laughs> so we're good. So we're good. Uh, we're going to be fine. So let's go ahead and, and open our time up with prayer. Okay. Gracious Father, as we come before you this day, uh, we thank you for this opportunity to share your word. Uh, we thank you for this opportunity to... Uh, to reach out to others. So we pray that all that we say and do would glorify you, that the show indeed would lift up your name. Uh, so be with us, uh, all who are listening, uh, all that, uh, all who will listen, Father God. Reach into their hearts um, so that we might know you better and become more and more Christ-like. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. So here's what happened. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 and it got explained because last week, Last week's show, we said we were going to do a uh, a movie review on Exodus. Yes. Well, when I said when I because last week you weren't able to be here. Right. Because but you were here. I was here. You were on the show. We tried. By phone. It. We and did it that for the first time, and it worked. We had our little bit of uh, 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 of of glitches, and I think I think probably what people should know is that even though I believe our show. Yeah, is is sounds very professional and 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 is is good quality. What people have to realize is that uh, we're in a studio in my house. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we don't have a big giant studio, so uh, we li- we're down in southeastern Colorado, and it got bad weather, mm-hmm. and you have to drive twenty some miles mm-hmm. to get here on Friday morning, right? Early. And early. And I did not want you doing that. So we thought, you know what, let's try and utilize some of this and give it a shot. We're going to do uh, – so you. So we called you and – I thought it worked pretty well. Hey, I made I sure too. it come across good. And the great thing about it was we were able to bring Harry Marlowe, a friend of ours, in who was just <laughs> listening. And we kept him in for the whole show. That was fantastic. That was fun. Um, so it worked out really well. But during that show, at the end, I said, let's do a movie movie review of the ex- of Exodus. And I said that because as I was talking to you, I was looking through our things and, and looking through our Facebook. And the Fox Theater, which is the theater here in, in La Junta, had the picture of the Exodus now showing. Uh-huh, but it wasn't. It changed that night. Oh, which I didn't well, know. I about. texted you and I said, "When are we going?" And, and I didn't so, get an answer. And so I, I know because I was trying to find out what exactly happened. Well, evidently it either it either ended that night or it will be coming soon. Oh. But the banner that they had wasn't the shows that were on. on. It was Unbroken and Taken Three. Oh. Unbroken would be a good one to see. I've read the book, um, so I thought, "Oh man, what are we going to do?" And I had put on, I don't put things on our Facebook, on Becoming Christlike's Facebook. You take care of that. You do a fantastic job. Um, I don't do our Twitter. You take care of all of our social. Every once in a while, I'll throw something mm-hmm. on Facebook. 
and I threw this on Facebook. I got it. I don't even know how I got it because it comes from a place called faithit.com. And it was an article. And I put it on our Facebook. I, sh- I put it on my Facebook. I thought it was interesting. It's written by an individual named John Pavlovitz. And John Pavlovitz uh, is is a pastor. Um, and he has a has a website, johnpavlovitz.com. And he he's starting a new virtual reality, not virtual reality, but a virtual worship. It's called The Table. I went and checked that out. But he has a kind of a blog website called Stuff That Needs To Be Said. Now, that being said, we talk a lot about what goes on in Christianity. We talk a lot about uh, the LGBT, well, not a lot, but we, we've talked about uh, the Presbyterian Church and its stance, uh, uh, and and then and we talked about uh, the new, I guess you could call it the denomination eco that broke off from the Presbyterian Correct. Church. We talk about the LGBT community. It's it's huge in religion now, mm-hmm. especially in main, mainstream denominations. John Pavlovitz is is a huge supporter of LGBT uh, Christians. Um, I hope that we would be too in the fact of, I believe what John Pavlovitz says um, in certain areas is just spot on. Uh, we have to love them. We have to, they're, they're no different. Okay. There, there seems to be this belief that, and, and I suppose that some Christians like the Westboro Baptist Church. Give, they're give an off, exception to everything. Give off that impression. Um, okay, I got. Wait a second. Uh, Pat's in. Pat's in. Good morning, Pat. I just joined. What's the LBTD? It's LG, uh, the LGBT, and it's the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender community. Um, so hopefully that helps, Pat. I can't get over there to to type to you. Um, so it's LGBT. So anyway. An article was written by him, and John Pavlovitz is obviously a huge supporter of how do we show love in the church, in the church, outside the church. And he wrote an article uh, that was entitled, Dear Church, Here's Why People Are Really Leaving. I thought it was so interesting. I, I thought, and I want to go through some of it. So I'm going to read okay. some of it. I'm just going to read the opening. Okay. Uh, and this comes straight from faithit, faithit.com. And it is a an article by John Pavlovitz called Dear Church, Here's Why People Are Really Leaving. Um, it says, being on the other side of the exodus sucks, don't it? <laughs> I see the panic on your face, church. I know the internal terror as you see the statistics and hear the stories and scan the exit polls. I see you desperately scrambling to do damage control for the fence sitters and manufacture passion from the shrinking faithful, and I want to help you. And it goes on. Uh, You may think you know why people are leaving you, but I'm not sure you do. You think it's because, quote-unquote, the culture is so lost, so perverse, so beyond help that they're all walking away. 
You believe that they've turned a deaf ear to the voice of God, chasing money and sex and material things. You think that the gays and the Muslims and the atheists and the pop stars have so screwed up the morality of the world that everyone is abandoning faith in droves, but those aren't the reasons people are leaving you. They aren't the problem, church. You are the problem. Let me elaborate in five ways. So before we get into those five, what do you think of the opening? I liked it. <laughs> of it's course, bold, I, isn't it? It's very bold, but I, there's a lot of truth to it that we as Christians don't like to admit is true. And I think it, we have to go back to this premise of what he says. Why are people really leaving the church? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. Probably if you talk to John Pavlovitz. Um, he he might say something else, but in my opinion, it isn't an article about um, what's wrong in your church, because many people would say, especially the people who are in your church, in the church would say, we're just fine. We're just fine. I think, and I think what's important is to realize that what he's writing in this article is, is giving reasons of why people are leaving the church. Not maybe what's wrong with your liturgy, maybe not what's wrong with whatever, but what's ro- why people are leaving. And that also creates another problem because it gives half-truths, distorted truths. There's nobody um, that you can go to for help as you're trying to do it yourself. And that's where a lot of that's right. bad practices come in. Now, I wanted to go back, since I'm, since I'm using John Pavlovitz's article, I wanted to know something about John Pavlovitz. And, and again, knowing where somebody sits helps you know where, people, where they stand. And, and I don't know, he doesn't say it specifically, um, but I'm sure a lot, of, a lot of what he's talking about is why the LGBT community are leaving churches. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure that's what it, it means. But here's what I found. At least for me, the reasons that he gives, I think there are five reasons why he gives them. They don't necessarily have to do with the LGBT community. They're they're for everybody. I didn't even know that when I read this because I did not research that part because my internet is down. Right. So, but knowing, yeah, and knowing that then that you didn't even know that, and Mm -hmm. and believing that they fit anyway (laughs) is a good sign. That we're not talking specifically about the LGBT community. Mm -hmm. What we are talking about is why people are leaving. That's right. I mean, yeah, they're they're just leaving. White, black, Caucasian, Hispanic. Doesn't matter. uh, Short, tall, fat, skinny, uh, Catholic, Presbyterian, Methodist, whatever. They're leaving churches. Right. And so we're going to get into this. I want to get into the first one a little bit before we get to our break. Um, and, and these these are some of the reasons that he says. And a lot of this I'm reading straight from John Pavlovitz's article on faithit.com uh, called Dear Church, Here's Why People Are Really Leaving. He starts out, he says, let me elaborate in five ways. Number one, your Sunday productions have worn thin. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read it. And I, the reason I'm gonna read it normally I wouldn't do that. We'd, we'd summarize it, but they're short, mm-hmm. and I want to get his point. So I'm gonna read it, and I'm gonna say I'm gonna ask you what you think about it. The stage, and the lights, and the bands, and the video screens have all just become white noise, 
to those really seeking to encounter God. They're ear and eye candy for an hour, but they have so little relevance in people's daily lives that more and more of them are taking a pass. Yeah, the songs are cool, and the show is great, but ultimately Sunday morning isn't really making a difference on Tuesday afternoon or Thursday evening when people are wrestling with the awkward, messy, painful stuff in the trenches of life, the places where rock shows don't help. We can be entertained anywhere, unless you can give us something more than a Christian-themed performance piece, something that allows us space and breath and conversation and relationship. Many of us are going to sleep in and stay away. See, and I so agree with that. Church is more about relationship and love and growth, and we all talk the talk, but then when it comes to applying it in our life, we don't know how, and that's where we need to help. Here's what I think, too. And and I would put an add-in on this. Um, I don't think there's anything necessarily inherently wrong with the video screens. I don't either because it's an aid. Some people like that. Mm -hmm. Some people like that. So what I took out of that more was a sentiment. And, And probably you could fit in anything for with for me. Um, some people like the video screen. Some people like the, the music. Some people do that, and it helps them. For me, you could take out the, the video screen, whatever he's talking about, and add in anything because his sentiment is really we have lost the meat mm-hmm. of that. He talks about yeah. the stage and the lights and the bands and the video screens. Uh, sometimes for people, it's the candles and the liturgy and the, and the silence and the gongs and the uh, whatever. The relationship and the word of God is yeah, what they need. Is what they need, and, and is and is what they're 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 kind of missing. And and I think what peop, what we need to take out of that is, and and I agree with him. We need to get rid of the trappings of what Sunday is about, mm-hmm. and talk about the relationship. Because like he said, when we put more importance on a video screen or we put more importance on a children's sermon or we put more importance on – not that children's sermons are bad. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not talking about any of these things being inherently bad. But when the meat of the subject, when the talking about the relationship is set aside so that we can make sure that we get in – the liturgy. It's more like materialism. They want the materialism of what it is more than more than what the words are right. in the application. And he and he says that. He says and and I agree with him. The songs are cool. The show is great. Absolutely. And people love the the liturgy. Love the liturgy and and but he says ultimately Sunday morning isn't really making a difference on Tuesday afternoon or Thursday evening. And that's why if I've got something in church, if we've got something in church, that just makes you comfortable for that day. It made the day for me. That's great. That's super. Everybody wants to, everybody wants to feel good on Sundays. They, they they just do. But growth doesn't make you comfortable. I know, well, and here yes, that's exactly right. And here's the thing. If I can only enjoy it and I can only use it and it's only applicable on Sunday morning. If it doesn't carry me through to Wednesday afternoon, to Thursday evening, to the right. dreaded Friday night or Saturday night, then we're missing something. Yep. 
I used to say I, from Sunday, it was all I could do to make it to Wednesday night Bible study just to keep myself on right. track in the Word of God in line with His ways to make it through the week. Right, right. So we're going to take a break here in a few minutes. And Jimbo, remind me, uh, we've got Uncle Gene, the first uh, commercial here. I, I don't have my, my sheet in front of me. I'm sorry. Uh, Uncle Gene's going to be singing. Uh, cool. Is John Buckley, is yes. that correct? Uh, John Buckley, we had that last week. John Buckley, uh, you're going to hear him in the second commercial. So now we've got two different types of people uh, who have have given their God-given talents to help out our show. Uncle Gene, uh, you've heard for a long time, he, he sings old-time gospel. John Buckley is a pastor at the Christian Church. Uh, I always want to say uh, Greentown, and that's not right. Swayze, why do I always want to Just say... Just remember Patrick Swayze. Yeah, it's Swayze, yeah, the only Swayze in the world. Swayze Church, Christian Church in Swayze, Indiana. Uh, Jimbo's pastor, uh, and he sings, and we heard him last week. Fantastic. And so we've got, we've got uh, a song from him coming up in the second one. But this first commercial that you're going to hear, uh, our first song that you're going to hear during our first commercial, is Uncle Gene. Uh, so again, if, if you like Uncle Gene, you can go on our Facebook at BeMoreChristLike.com, pick up a CD of his, we'll send one to you. Um, so when we come back, we're going to talk, we're going to go on to the second one. I'm just going to tell you what it says. It says, Church, you speak in a foreign tongue. <laughs> uh, so we're talking about John Pavlovitz's article uh, called, uh, let me get the, uh, Dear Church, Here's Why People Are Really Leaving. And I think it's so interesting because I think it's eye-opening. So Stay with us on the other side of this break. Uh, hang with us as we we get through this. You'll listen to Uncle Gene sing some, some commercials, and when we come back, we're going to continue talking about John Pavlovitz's article. So stay with us on the other side of this break. You're listening to Becoming Christlike right here on Blog Talk Radio. Hello to all of Derek's listeners. Thanks, Derek, for giving me time to share my heart's passion, encouraging cancer, long-term illness patients, and their families. Gilead is an outreach that encourages over 2,400 people in 38 states. Our goal is to bring hope and help to those on the journey through the unknowns of treatment, family stress, and spiritual questions. One such story is Eric, whose senior year in high school was interrupted by the cancer that he was diagnosed with, interrupting a three-sport high school year. It changed his life and his perspective. Today, Eric's family oversees a foundation helping to find a cure. We're currently in our 15th year. would love to have you as a partner, either as a volunteer or a gift financially. Look for us on Facebook at Gilead Ministries. Is cheery and 
Welcome back to Becoming Christ-like on the road less traveled, Blog Talk Radio. So you thought you had to keep this up. Welcome back to Becoming Christ-like right here on Blog Talk Radio, the road less traveled internet ministry. We're talking about an article written by John Pavlovitz on faithit.com, also uh, his website, johnpavlovitz.com. Go and check it out. Let me spell it for you. J-O-H-N-P-A-V-L-O-V-I-T-Z. Go and check it out. He has this new virtual uh, worship community, I think is what he calls it. It's called The Table. Uh, it says, The Table is an online spiritual community dedicated to the lifting up of the intrinsic value of all people. He's written an article called Dear Church, Here's Why People Are Really Leaving. And we, we went over the first one. He says your Sunday productions have worn thin, that, that the trappings that we use, the eye candy, uh, it no longer speaks to the to the core of why we believe church, why we're there. The deep needs. The deep needs of, of, of why people are there. Secondly, he says you speak in a foreign tongue. And I'm going to read this. He says, church, you talk and talk and talk. But you do so using a dead language. You're holding on to dusty words that have no residence in people's ears, not realizing that just saying those words louder isn't the answer. All the religious buzzwords that you used to, that used to work 20 years ago no longer do. This spiritualized insider language may give you some comfort in an outside world that is changing. But that stuff's just lazy religious shorthand, and it keeps regular people at a distance. They need you to speak in a language that they can understand. There a message, there's a message there worth sharing, but it's hard to hear above your verbal pyrotechnics. I love that for, phrase. I didn't look that word up. <laughs> uh, people don't need to be dazzled with big churchy words and about eschatological frameworks and theological systems. Talk to them plainly about love and about joy and forgiveness and death and peace and God, and they'll be all ears. Keep up the church speak, and you'll be talking to an empty room soon. Again, I, I think, and we said this off air, I think his first one was just the, the first shot, was a very generalized thing of the eye candy is, is, it just doesn't fill a need. And then he begins to talk about these things that we're doing that I think fits in 
under the either either in a bigger way or a a subheading maybe of one of stop stop trying to convince people church that you're churchy just talk to them in plain language now i will say this and we all know we all know people in our churches who are like this and maybe you're one of them uh as a listener some people love that some people don't feel like they've gone to church until they hear some sort of eschatological uh phrasing some people this is church because because church is is deep and and we need big words and some people depends most, on who you are and where you're at in your walk most people don't most people don't understand it a bit didn't you learn that from bible studies everybody go what just give me the facts sure, and let's just move give, on give don't do the, that to me don't yeah. make me look up that word i think pastors have a i think ch- pastors and church uh, fall into that trapping a lot uh to have to validate and justify what we know and what we believe by using big words like that? Isn't it part of the growth process? It's kind of like you get bored saying the same thing over and over so you find a new word or a new way to look at something? Absolutely. And I think in this part, what he talks about is really the crux of of his complaint. We need to, the church needs to talk to people about love and joy and forgiveness and death and peace and God. Meeting them right where they're at with the problems they have today and show me how God tells me to solve them. Right. Now, again, obviously with John Pavlovitz's article here, uh, it does not encompass everyone. John Pavlovitz does not speak for me. He doesn't speak for you. He doesn't speak for anybody else in the church. He speaks for himself, and he's in this article he's saying what he believes are the reasons. I happen to agree with a lot of his ideas. Um some of them I don't. I, I don't. I don't think that that uh, that maybe everything that he says is is the reason, but I think he gives a pretty good uh, general overview mm-hmm. of why people are leaving the church. Uh, while we were on break, we were talking about the idea that I think when he's talking about people who are leaving the church, there are really two different areas of people who are leaving the church. You don't get people who have been a member of a church for 35, 40, 50 years normally who leave the church. There are those who do. Mm-hmm. And those who do usually leave because of a disagreement. Right. That's usually why they, they change churches. And the leadership. And they'll find a, the same denomination someplace else. Right. They'll, they'll find that. I think John is talking about the people who are leaving the church because they are unfulfilled. They don't feel accepted. They feel rejected for some reason, or their needs really aren't being met. And I Nobody think, right. loves them unconditionally. Right. That that they're not feeling that. Where is this God you are talking about, this God of love and joy and peace, the God of life and the God of They death don't fit and, into the church either. They're not accepted as an equal to go in and, and say, right. within a certain amount of time, take up and have some sort of ministry there. It's like... Right. They're the end product coming in, and mm-hmm. we're proud that we got you in here, but no, we're not going to let you do anything. Right, and so uh, he talks about that. Let's go on to number three. Uh, <laughs> I, I like this, this one because I think it's true. It says your vision can't see past your building. And again, John Pavlovitz, 
uh, is the one who wrote this article, and he's talking about why people are leaving the church. He says the coffee bar, the cushy couches, the high-tech lights, the funky children's wing, and the uber-cool teen center are all top-notch and costly. In fact, most of your time, money, and energy seems to be about luring people to where you are instead of reaching people where they already that's are. That's the line I like. Yeah, that's a good line, isn't it? Yes. And and I would have to agree. That Ministry is with the people, not within the church. I, I know, but as a pastor, I will tell you, we are always looking at ways of how do I get people in the church. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe somehow, and I think John Pavlovitz has, has maybe hit it, maybe we need to stop for a moment and... And stop thinking so much about how we lure new people into the church and start concentrating a little bit more on how we minister to the ones who are already there. Correct. And because they have needs and because what we're finding out is it's harder and harder and harder. And we always use that word lure like we're some sort of, you know, degenerate. That doesn't sound good. To me, it almost sounds culty. <laughs> it does a little bit. But how we encourage people to come to church. He says, rather than simply stepping out into the neighborhoods around you and partnering with the amazing things that are already happening and the beautiful stuff God is already doing, you seem content to franchise out your particular brand of Jesus stuff and wait for the sinful world to beat down your door. Your greatest mission field is just a few miles or a few feet off your campus, and you don't even realize it. You want to reach the people you're missing? Leave the building. Well, I think where I go with it, too, is some people make the building more important than the ministry. Absolutely, the the actual church building. Yes, and I think that's where I agree with it. And I think that, that John Pavlovitz is right here. I think we spend way too much Trying time, trying to do our thing, and and hoping that people will come, instead of actually going outside into the scary, broken areas, scary, broken world, and meeting people and showing the love and the forgiveness of that Jesus. we that we claim and we preach inside the building. And the good news, <laughs> absolutely. Good news. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we won't want to do that. We might get our hands dirty out there. Well, it's scary out there. Yeah. yeah, and there's not the set firm words that that take over and somebody else's job to fulfill the need. Yeah, yeah, and and I think he's he's right on on that. Is that in this day and age, especially and and we're we're speaking obviously, everybody comes from their own church. Um, if you're in First Press, Colorado Springs, you're going to get some people who just come to the church. You're going to get people whom you've never met, who you, you've never had an experience with or anything, and they're going to show up at church because there's so many people in Colorado Springs. It's a huge church. Right. It's Some people will come because they like the bigness of it. Some people will come because they like the band. Some people will come because they like the video screens. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Got it. Catching my throat. Some people will come. Because you offer three different services and it meets their needs of their time. You might have coffee afterward. You might have coffee. You might. might. The smaller church, which is the main part of the church in the United States, smaller churches, hundred and less, smaller communities, 
people aren't just going to show up. And you might get one. You might get two. Yeah. You might get a family that comes uh, because they're they're connected to another family. But you're not going to get new members by just opening your doors on Sunday and hoping that they show up. There has to be a need to I learned get that there. I learned that the hard way. You just don't. You wish that was were the case. But it's not. And what happens is, and I can tell you from, from personal experience, what you find out is you wish that were the case because when it doesn't happen, you think, oh, we're not good enough. What can we do better? So you try and make your worship flashier. You try and make you try and look and say what gets them in, and nine times out of ten, what we forget is, hey, maybe if I left the church, and went and visited them on their own turf, or built that relationship, built that relationship, mm-hmm. that maybe you would see them in church on Sunday. They and might I come think, because you hold something they want. To know or want to be like or the peace you have. And I think that's what he's talking about. Your vision can't see past your building. Mm -hmm. Church, you've got to leave your building to get out there. Number four is my favorite. It is my favorite. (laughs) And he says, church, you choose lousy battles. He says, we know you like to fight church. That's obvious. When you want to, you can go to war with the best of them. The problem is your battles are too darn small. Fast food protests, hobby store outrage, and duck calling reality TV show campaigns may manufacture it some urgency and Twitter activity on the inside for the already convinced. But they're paper tigers to people out here with bloody boots on the ground. Every day we see a world suffocated by poverty and racism and violence and bigotry and hunger, and in the face of that stuff, you get awfully frighteningly quiet. We wish you were as courageous in those fights, because then we'd feel like coming alongside you. Then we'd feel like going to war with you. Church, we need to stop being warmongers with the trivial and pacifists in the face of the terrible. Here's here's the, the, the thing about that. I absolutely, 100% agree with him with this caveat. I don't think that there is anything wrong with being outraged at some of the things that he talked about. As Christians, I was outraged at the Hobby Lobby thing, the the Chick-fil-A thing the way that the Duck Dynasty uh, thing went down on A&E. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't think, in, in this case, what he's talking about, I don't think um, that it has to be either or. And that's kind of what he's he said here, is kind of an either or thing, at least the way I read it. I don't think it has to be that, but I do believe that he's right that we shrink back from the tough. We'll make comments and we'll make statements and we'll make 
you know, generalized uh, backhanded remarks or general whatever about poverty, and we'll say how bad it is, and we'll talk about uh, homelessness and those types of things. But are we doing anything it's about the it? the action. That's what I put. You put the action. You yeah. use the people's individual gifts and talents to reach those needs. Yeah. I think uh, in this whole idea of you choose lousy battles uh, it is very much of we have so attached ourselves to the cliche of what would Jesus do. But we rarely, rarely, rarely do we it. We don't do it. No. No, because what Jesus would do is he'd go out and he'd help feed the homeless. And he would go and visit the prison. But that might cost us money. Sure. That might, it may be an ego boost, but it's not a pocket boost. Right. Church today has very much become, uh, we provide a product and we try and find the best marketing scheme that we that we can. And we've moved uh, up and down the scale of the marketing scheme. Um, but choosing our battles, for me, really shows us or shows the world as a church what we believe. This is what we think is important. Now, don't get me wrong. The way that this is written and the way that we're talking today is as if Christians don't do anything. That's just simply not true. That's absolutely not true. There are churches out there. There are people out there. There is a Christian community out there that is working hard every day in poverty and and working in I think what John Pavlovitz is trying to say is those of you who aren't people are leaving your church and that's one of the reasons why and I would agree with that and I would agree yeah. with that and I think even John Pavlovitz as a pastor would say that uh, would say there there are millions of Christians who are working their tails off in these areas that he's talking about he would agree with that. You can't deny that. They it's walk absolute. the walk. They, they do walk the work. The walk. This, I think, is a gut check, this article that he's written. Um, Dear Church, Here's Why People Are Leaving, uh, Are Really Leaving, is a gut check for those churches that are sitting there thinking, what, what's happening? Why are people taking off? What's going on? What are we doing wrong? Because there are some churches out there that are on fire, yes, and 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 growing, and um, and and it is a balance. It really is a balance. We know that, especially when you have a church that is so steeped in history, so steeped in tradition, of when and if that tradition and history doesn't make the cut anymore, doesn't speak to the needs of the people of today. Not the people of 50 years ago, because it worked for grandma and grandpa and great-grandma Society and grandpa. Society was different. It worked for the greatest generation. It was what they wanted. It was what they needed. But what happens when it doesn't speak to the, to the generation to of today? We need to find out what the needs are now and meet those needs. And I think that's a big thing that he's talking about is exactly the idea of how do we meet the needs of people? That's what Jesus would do. Mm-hmm. How do I meet the needs of, of the leper right. who isn't allowed to be in his family, who has to be outside okay. the gates anymore? So now change the leper to a modern-day person. What would it be? Well, it would be anybody who considers themselves a leper. 
it would it would be maybe the people um, of disease. Maybe it would be the people in the LGBT community. And this is this is what I like about John Pavlovitz's website. Again, I don't agree with with everything I've spoken out on this show about the, uh, the 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 trials of the Presbyterian Church and the gay and lesbian ordination and 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 scruples and 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 principles that that and being guided by scripture and and that I don't like to be guided by scripture I like to to know that this is what scripture says and I'm that's what I do I I'm I'm on record for saying that what I don't like is the idea, and this is what this is really the question that came into my head when I read this article, because it 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 made me think. I thought it was a fantastic article. Again, it's John Pavlovitz. If you go to faithit.com or you can go to johnpavlovitz.com and and find the article. Um, it, it did I did I bounce out for a second there, Jimbo, or was I okay? Okay, it, it scrambled for a second. Again, if you're listening, we're having a little trouble with our microphones here, and it seems to be the way I sit or the way I hold my tongue or the the, the way I tilt my head. I'm not sure. Uh, I, we're bouncing in and out. I don't know if it's blog talk radio. I don't. It could be my Internet, um, but I'm not sure. I'm just going to keep talking, and if if you miss something, if you're not hearing it right now, uh, you can go later on and listen to the archive because it will be uh, totally clean. But here's here's what I got. Um, here's what I got from from this one part, and I'm going to share this. We're coming up on another break. I had to ask myself: Is is my Christianity showing love? And it bothers me sometimes when I when I am accused or put into a group that doesn't show love. We're going through that right now with the whole idea of the Muslims. The radical, extreme Islam and saying to the Muslim community, you got to fix your people. you got to do something. And I, and I can only imagine the pain that is upon the Muslim believer who doesn't blow, doesn't blow people up, right? Doesn't hate. And and as a Christian, we should know that those people can't change the other radical people, right? And and the just the the sheer sense of futility of I wish they would stop saying that I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. And because that's point, exactly what I say with the Westboro Baptist Church. I, got, I wish they would stop saying I'm one of that them. I hate gay people, <laughs> yes. that I'm homophobic, that I hate soldiers, that I hate... I wish they would stop saying that. And comparing us to them. Right. And so what I thought about was, when I read this, was does... Does my love look like God's love, look like Christ's love? We're going to take a break here in a few minutes. When we come back, we're going to talk about his fifth and final uh, reason for why people are leaving 
the church. And his his final thing is, your love doesn't look like love. And it, when I read it, I it made me stop. It made me question. Does it? Does my love look like, not only the church in general, because that's what he's talking about, but does my love look like love? And and where I'm not going to bend are certain principles that I believe in. God's morals and God, values. God's, God's morals and values and, and things like that. I'm not going to bend on that. But has that become so ingrained in my outlook and my expression of love that it no longer looks like love? And I think that's what he's talking about. We're going to take a break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about that. Again, we're talking about this article written by John Pavlovitz on faithit.com. It just came across my Facebook. And, and sometimes those things happen. And I read it and I thought, man. And, and, and once I went to his website, I realized why it was entitled Stuff That Just Needs To Be Said. Because this isn't easy. You stand up in front of a church and say this to them. They're going to be angry. Some of them will take correction and learn from it. Some mm-hmm. will not. They just right. then blackball and yep. stow up and they're done. And some you will never convince mm-hmm. because I am right and you are wrong. And this is what Christianity is. And this is it. And, and sometimes it's just their viewpoint, not the real viewpoint. That's right. And it's very much just John Pavlovitz's viewpoint. On this. On this. Right. It's just that we're bringing it about because I think he brings about some some fantastic points. Mm -hmm. But again, we have to realize that it's an article written by an individual. Right. It's not the Bible. It's not the Bible. (laughs) Um, So but it does cause people to stop and think. And that's what it it made me do. We're going to talk about that when we come back during this break. You're going to hear John Buckley uh, sing. He is a pastor at the Christian Church in Swayze, Indiana. Um, he's provided some of his music. I really enjoy it. Uh, so we hope that you enjoy it too. Stay with us. We're continuing to talk about John Pavlovitz's uh, article written on faithit.com uh, called Dear Church, This is Why People Are Really Leaving. Stay with us on the other side of the break. You're listening to Becoming Christlike right here on Blog Talk Radio. Hey, you ever wonder what happened to the dinosaurs? You ever wonder what happened to arena football? Do you ever wonder how to tie your own shoes? Good question. Well, you can come on down to Solo and Hutch, where we don't know the answers, but we'll talk to you about something else anyways. We've got PSAs, skits, stimulating discussion. we got a whole bonanza of cool things going on. So come watch Solo and Hutch, 6 p.m. on Saturdays. Ooh, bonanza. God is you, really my 
my clothes. My God is real, for He has washed and made me whole. His love for me is like pure gold. My God is real, for I can feel Him in my soul. I do not know. Just how you felt When Jesus washed Your sins away But from that day Yes, from that hour God has been real For I could feel His holy power Yes, God is dawned and a new chance presents itself, a chance to once again do battle. The lush green grass of the Midwest farmland lies in wait, guarded by the beaches filled with the sands of time after time after time. You unsheath your weapon of choice and lash out at the enemy before you, and for hours you navigate the landmines cursing and praising in the same breath. But in the end, whether in victory or defeat, you vow to wake in the morning and do it all over again. Just four miles north of Marion, Indiana, lies a battlefield. A battlefield not just of bunkers and waters, but a battlefield of the mind. A battlefield where people come to discover the best in themselves. Where courage is tested as each round of the enemy is faced. Arbor Trace Golf Course. Come play around. Because in golf, the more you play, the luckier you get. Welcome back to Becoming Christ-like. On the road less traveled, Blog Talk Radio. So you thought you had to keep this up. Welcome back to Becoming Christlike right here on Blog Talk Radio. We're talking about John Pavlovitz's uh, article that he wrote on faithit.com that says, uh, Dear Church, this is why people are really leaving. And and he's talked about a number of different things. He's talked about trappings, um, big screens, and he's talked about uh, you choose your battles poorly. And he's talked about, um, oh, I, I wanted to say that Pat's got to go, have to go, headed out. Uh, great show. want to thank Pat for listening. Yep. Uh, also, want to remind everybody that you can catch uh, Literally Speaking with Patty Sheen uh, Tuesday mornings. At 8 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, she brings on some fantastic guests, um, so you can check that out. And their uh, archive shows are there. And their archives are there, live. too. Just go on the road less traveled, and you can find Literally Speaking, or Lit Speak, uh, with Patty Sheen. So check that out uh, every Tuesday morning, 8 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. I want to get to this last one, this last reason, 
and it says your love doesn't look like love. I'm reading from his article. Love seems to be a pretty big deal to you, and it is. It should be. It should be. But we're not getting that when the rubber meets the road. In fact, more and more, your brand of love seems incredibly selective and decidedly narrow, filtering out all the spiritual riffraff, which sadly includes far too many of us. It feels like a big bait-and-switch sucker deal, advertising a come-as-you-are party, but letting us know once we're in the door that we can't really come as we are. We see a Jesus in the Bible who hung out with lowlifes and prostitutes and outcasts and loved them right there, but that doesn't seem to be your cup of tea. Church, can you love us if we don't check all the doctrinal boxes and don't have our theology all figured out? It doesn't seem so. Can you love us if we cuss and drink and get tattoos and, God, for, God forbid, vote Democrat? We're doubtful. Can you love us if we're not sure how we define love and marriage and heaven and hell? Sure doesn't feel that way. From what we know about Jesus, we think he looks like love. The unfortunate thing is, you don't look much like him. Now, I will say this. And because he, obviously he's talking about uh, certain individuals because he mentions them. Um, if you talk about it in 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 generalities, I'm curious, and, and what I would ask him, and, and I may email him and ask him. I'm curious about the question: Then, what does love look like? What is love? He talks about, and I said it before we went to break, I hold to certain principles, certain beliefs, but does that mean I don't love you? Is love, opening up the box and saying, whatever you choose to do is fine. Now, can I love a murderer? Of course I can love a murderer. Should I love a murderer? I should love them because God loves them. And he wants them. And don't get me wrong. I chose that just because I chose it. I'm not comparing anything else to murder. But do I look at it and say, yeah, I love you. You should go ahead and continue to murder. No, because you have a, a gray side and a right. legal side that has to meet in the middle. Right. And he's he's added in a lot of great things. Can you love us if we cuss and drink and get tattoos and, God forbid, vote Democrat? Of course. Of course we can. Should I tell you that you shouldn't cuss and drink and get tattoos? I'm probably not going to tell you that if it offends me. I mean, if if, if you're in front of me and you're cussing like mad, you're in front of me, I'm probably going to say something. Do I have to like your tattoos? No, I don't have to like them. Do I have to get tattoos too? No, I don't. I, I've got to be honest. There are a lot of tattoos that I look at and I say, that is cool. Sometimes I think it boils down to whether you can stay strong enough not to be infected by their stuff and affect them. Are we strong enough? Because he's really talking about how we show that love, uh, that come-as-you-are party. And again, I don't want to be lumped into the group that says, oh, you're gay? You can't come to my church. That's absolutely insane. Wrong. Absolutely. That's wrong. It's insane. Just insane. Oh, you have too many tattoos. I really don't think you, think you should wear a long... T- that's stupid. Mm-hmm. 
That's absolutely insane. That is not love at all. And I do not believe that is what most Christians or or how most Christians show their love. So in that case, John, don't don't wrap me into that. Uh, do, are there certain certain principles and certain beliefs that I hold about the uh, about homosexuality? Absolutely, there is. But I can guarantee you, it has nothing to do with loving somebody. It absolutely has. But I will agree. I will agree that the church has trouble because a lot of times our love doesn't look like love at all. He goes on to say this, and that was that was tough when he says, uh, from what we know about Jesus, we think he looks like love. The unfortunate thing is you don't look much like him. He says, that's part of the reason people are leaving you, church. These words may get you really, really angry, and you may want to jump in a knee-jerk move to defend yourself or attack these positions line by line, but we hope that you won't. We hope that you'll just sit in stillness in these wor- and, uh, with these words for a while, because whether you believe they're right or wrong, they're real to us. And that's the whole point. We're the ones walking away. We want to matter to you. We want you to hear us before you debate us. Show us that your love and your God are real. Church, give us a reason to stay. It's not you, it's me. That's what you seem to be saying, church. I tried to share my heart with you, the heart of me and thousands and thousands of people like me who are walking away to let you know of the damage you're doing and the painful legacy you're leaving. And apparently you're not the problem, which of course is still a problem. I've relayed my frustration with you, with your insider religious rhetoric and you responded by cut and pasting random scripture sound bites about the bride of Christ and the blood of lamb the blood of the lamb insisting that the real issue is simply my biblical ignorance and suggesting I, that I just need to repent and get a good concordance whatever that is i let you know how judged and ridiculed i feel when i'm with you how much like a hopeless failing outsider i feel on the periphery of your often inward judgmental communities and you proceeded to tell me how lost I am how hopelessly in love with my sin I must be to leave you reminding me that I never really belonged with you anyway in the face of every complaint and every grievance you made it clear that the real issue is that I'm either sinful heretical immoral foolish unenlightened selfish consumerist or ignorant heck many days i'm not even sure i disagree with you maybe you're right church maybe i am the problem maybe it's me but me is all i'm capable of being right now and that's where i was really hoping you would meet me mm. it's a powerful article very much so uh written by john pavlovitz on faithit.com, also on johnpavlovitz.com. He's right. And I think he's right in general. As the church universal. We don't do enough. We don't love enough. We don't show 
the love of Christ enough? Is he right for every is is this is this applicable to every church? Absolutely not. No, it's not. And I, and I don't think he wrote it to be that way. I don't think he was speaking of individual churches. I think he was church, talking to the church in general. And I think he was he was sounding an alarm to us that says we got to check our love. Does this article make me change principles that I hold dear that I believe? No, it's not going to make him change. Uh, but did I? But am I listening? Absolutely, I'm listening. Right. Am I looking and thinking to myself, how do I hear what the what the people outside the church are saying? As a pastor, as another Christian, how do I hear that? And what do you do about it? And what do I do about it? What would Jesus really do? See, I think he would find his people with the gifts and talents, the exhorters and the, the mercy-filled people to, to be the first ones on the job. And those people who are in the church should know that their gift and talents and be on the spot. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think so, too. I think there's a lot of, um, I think there is a lot of, gosh, there's a lot of work that we need to do. There's a, And when we close ourselves off and say, we've got all the answers, <laughs> we're wrong. Yeah. I want to finish off by reading the, just the rest of the article. Oh, okay. And again, this is John Pavlovitz, and it's his words. He says, it's here in my flawed, screwed up, wounded, shell-shocked, doubting, disillusioned meanness that I've been waiting for you to step in with this whole supposedly relentless, audacious love of Jesus thing I hear so much about and make it real. Church, I know how much you despise the word tolerance. But right now, I really need you to tolerate me. (laughs) To tolerate those of us who, for all sorts of reasons, you may feel aren't justified, aren't are struggling to stay. We're so weary of feeling like nothing more than a religious agenda, an argument to win, a point to make, a a cause to defend, a soul to save. We want you to be more than a notch. We want to be more than, than a notch on your salvation belt, another number to pad your Twitter posts and end of year stat sheets. We need to be more than altar call props who are, applauded and high-fived down the aisle and then forgotten once the song ends. We've been praying for you to stop evangelizing us and preaching at us and fighting us and judging us and sin-diagnosing us long enough to simply hear us. Even if we are the problem, even even if we are the woman in adultery or the doubting follower or the rebellious prodigal or the demon-riddled young man. We can't be anything else right now in this moment. And in this moment, we need a church big enough and tough enough and loving enough, not just for us as we might one day be, but for us as we are now. We still believe that God is big enough and tough enough and loving enough, even if you won't be. And that's why even if we do walk away, doesn't mean we're walking away from faith. It's just that faith right now seems more reachable elsewhere. I know you'll argue that you're doing all these things and saying all these things because you love and care for us. But from the shoes we're standing in, you need to know that if it, feel, it feels less like love and care and more like space and silence. 
If someone is frustrated, telling them that they're wrong to be frustrated is, well, pretty freaking frustrating. It only breeds distance. It's sometimes shared. If someone shares that their heart is hurting, they don't want to hear that they're not right to be hurt. It's a conversation stopper. If someone tells you that they are starving for compassion and relationship and authenticity, the last thing they need is to be corrected for that hunger. It's a kick in the rear on the way out the door. So yes, church, even if you're right, even if we're totally wrong, even if we're all petty and self-centered and hypocritical and critical, and I'll say it, sinful, we're still the ones searching for a place where we can be known and belong, a place where it feels like God lives. And you're the ones who can show it to us. Even if the problem is me, it's me who you're supposed to be reaching, church. So for the love of God, reach already. Wow. There you have it. And I, too, I was sitting there thinking, well, all that stuff that he was saying that was wrong with us, that's me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> that's, that, that's right. It's all of us. It's a powerful, it's a powerful article. Again, uh, I don't probably uh, agree with everything that John Pavlovitz says. I don't probably uh, agree with everything that he believes. But the sentiment of this article is dead on. I agree. It's just dead on. We have to look and say, how do we love and still believe that we are being uh, obedient to God. I don't think love is an open-ended thing that just says, I love you, and that that agape love, that unconditional love that God has for us. I believe that we love and there are consequences. I believe that that God is really calling us to love people in a different way. I thought it was a great article. A sincere, deep yeah. way. I thought it was a great. I thought it yes. was a great, great article. It hits home. Well, it makes us look at our church. It makes us look at ourselves, what we are doing and what we're not doing, and what we need to change. And I think that's the most important thing. Yep, that's exact. It, it's exactly right. I, I just think that uh, I'm, I'm glad that we went over it. I would imagine majority of people in the church reading it will say. Oh, it comes. He's coming at it from an LGBT angle. You know that it is. It's just, it, you know, that's that's where he's coming from. So forget about it. I'm not going to take any lessons. I'm not going to take any lessons. But like I said, I didn't know that when I came here this morning because my internet's down. Right. So you were. And able so to... I looked at it from just a person, sure. an immature Christian going to church, and what I feel sometimes. Yeah, that that's exactly right. So, uh, I I think it's good words. I will have to I will have to confess I believe it will fall on deaf ears in the majority of the church mm-hmm. because they'll say we've heard this all before. We know what love It's not is. one of the fights they want to pick up and fight. It's not well, one of the things they want to tackle to correct. And I would say that if any anything affected me if 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 anything came about from this was was my thinking my thought process of i wonder or or just thinking about the idea of it saddens me 
that people feel that way about church. Because he said it, even, and I could say that as a sinner, even if it's me, even if I'm the bad one, I'm, if, if I'm not getting from you, church, what I believe the church is supposed to get. Which is acceptance and love and forgiveness. Right. Leadership, guiding. Yeah. Not only do we give, but we have to receive. Yeah. Again, John Pavlovitz, Faith It dot com f a i t h i t dot com uh you can find it under dear church here's why people are really leaving you also check out john pavlovitz dot com p a v l o uh i lost it just a second how do i spell it i want to make sure that i get it right i'm back on the other page let me get here it is p a v l o v i t z he's a pastor blogger from wake forest north carolina 18-year veteran of local church ministry. He currently writes a blog called Stuff That Needs to Be Said. Uh, And this month he's launching an online Christian community called The Table. Mm -hmm. Go and check it out. Uh, You'll see what it is. We're going to take off next week. i got to be honest with you, I have no idea. I have not (laughs) thought. I'm sorry. Solomon Hutch and the live three-hour blog has has consumed my thoughts. Um, But it will be something. We'll figure it out. We'll be here for it. And maybe it'll be another article. Maybe maybe cool. we find articles. If you've got an article that you want to send to us, send to us at bemorechristlike at gmail.com. You can just click the contact uh, information on the website, on the mobile site, m.bemorechristlike.com. If you find an article, send it to our Facebook. Yes. Uh, at, at Becoming Christlike. Uh, Twitter, tweet it to Dawn. <laughs> At uh, at uh, Christ like today. today, get us an article if you want us to talk about it. We will talk about it. Uh, so for everybody here uh, at the Road Less Traveled, for everybody here at Becoming Christ Like, want to thank you for listening. Encourage you to listen each and every Friday morning, 8 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, right here on Blog Talk Radio. So for myself, for Dawn, for Jimbo, and the producers, Ruth, we want to thank you for listening, and encourage you this day and every day. Uh, to do all that you can, to wor- to read the Word, uh, to uh, look in your heart and see, am I doing what Jesus would do? Am I loving the way that God wants me to love? And in doing so, we get ever closer to becoming more and more Christ-like. God bless. God bless. Share of laughter, of tears and trouble.
blinded by my fear And I struggle to believe But in those unclear moments You were the one keeping me strong This is how my story's 